everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz. And you know, Cecile, having our voices heard, no matter who you are, how old you may be, having your voice heard, or in this case, your vote count is especially important. Absolutely. I would say for most of us uh, on this planet, we believe mm-hmm. that our, our right to express ourselves is God-given. It exactly. is part of being human. It's the equal to the right to breathe and the right to work and the right to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and now that the uh, Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention, it's all behind us now. We are all approaching the all-important uh, November 2020 elections. And it's pretty clear based on what we're seeing out there right now uh, in the news every day, no matter which way you lean, your vote is extremely crucial. Absolutely. Because in order for a democracy, mm-hmm. any true democracy mm-hmm. to work, it the fun foundation, the basic principle yeah. is that people have the right to vote and do vote. To have a democracy, it means that people freely choose who they're governed by, and how they're governed. And in the U.S., we're very lucky. We do have that right. A lot of people exercise not to vote, yet there are countries out there in the world where people are dying to vote. They want their voices heard, and they're being ignored. And Juan, and let's just pause there for a moment. Gruesome violence has happened to people, um, poor white men, Mm -hmm. African-American women, Mm -hmm, people of all mm -hmm. walks of life who fought for the right to vote. And I'm not just talking about different countries. I'm also talking about here in this country. That's right. We saw it, the the civil unrest that led to the civil rights uh, amendment was because African-Americans wanted the right to vote. Going back to 1787, the Constitutional Convention that uh, sought to ratify the Constitution. The Mm -hmm. argument started back then. And it was John Adams and Benjamin Franklin who fought to allow all those people, they use the term common people, the people who fought in the uh, in the Revolutionary War for mm-hmm. the right for this to be a country to have an equal vote mm-hmm. and an equal voice. Unfortunately, they had to make the concession because they feared that if they pushed this point too hard, that the Constitution would not be ratified. So it is a fight that we mm-hmm. have been fighting for such a long time. And yet, Interesting, these two men yes. were so far advanced that even before this country was a country Mm -hmm. that they were thinking that far ahead and they still met resistance back then. Correct. And we all talk about how long it takes to change opinion, to Mm -hmm. change our point Mm -hmm. of view, because we are people of our generation. But this is hundreds of years ago in these two very enlightened men who should have thought like everybody else Mm -hmm. back then knew that if you fought and you gave your life for the ideology, the concept, the belief of America in all the freedoms that it bestowed on us, then therefore you earned your right to have a say in who has, who doesn't have, who has power over you Mm -hmm. and how you are governed, how the government works for you. So we've been talking about how these days the minority really does vote and makes decisions for the majority. They were almost planning it back then the way they wanted to do it, just limit the votes to a certain amount of people. Yes. And those votes would make decisions for the rest of everybody else. And those votes have been making decisions mm-hmm. for the rest of mm-hmm. everybody else. And and what I what I think is is so amazing to think of John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin we know that there were flawed men. We know mm-hmm. that some of them were slave owners. We knew that there were flawed men. But that's the, the truth about being human. We are an imperfect being. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to continuously understand and learn from our mistakes. That's why history is so important. Not to use it as a chain to keep 
banishing ourselves, but use it mm-hmm. as a as a map of where we don't want to go, the direction we shouldn't still keep going in, and how we can make the lives equally better for everyone. And it is laid out right there in Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution, mm-hmm. that the people are to elect how they're being governed. And I think it's something that they knew back then it was going to be a hard fight. So for us mm-hmm. to say, well, it's just very difficult, it's not going to change anything, we owe it we to, sure to our founding fathers. We owe it to all those people who have come before us who have been willing to give up their life and never give up the fight to not stop fighting now. So it's pretty clear this is why you have to vote. Voter suppression is real. It's been happening since the beginning of this country, and it's still not fair for all yet. And this is not something that is fixed in mm-hmm. one administration or right. even one generation, but for sure nothing will be fixed if we feel, and many of us, most of us, I would say, have an opinion of what is working and what is not working, but nothing will be fixed if we do not choose to exercise our vote, exercise our opinion, and exercise our voice. And And there's only one way to do that, is by voting. And what's interesting, this year, of course, a very important election coming up, but we're actually celebrating um, the um, 19th Amendment. That's Um, right. When women got the right to vote 100 years ago, which to me sounds so crazy, that it was just 100 years ago that women could vote, but even before then, a lot of um, the members of our society, citizens of the U.S., um, were not allowed to vote. Correct, and women have been uh, and continue to be in many ways in our society still part of a, of a, of a suspect class or a class that mm-hmm. does not enjoy the same equal rights that men do, predominantly mm-hmm. white men do. And that's why I say we are an imperfect union as, as a nation. We've been at this for, what, almost 250 that's years, right. so we're still very much a, a, a youthful nation with respect to other countries. So for us to become frustrated because we're not perfect mm-hmm. um, is is silly because we are still a young nation and we're growing and we're learning. And some of the things that we do have to fix is the way we absolutely engage our citizens and and help them understand why it is so important to vote. Look, historically, only 55% of eligible voters mm-hmm. vote and they, that is really only for presidential elections where we see the biggest turnout. But statistically, only 15% mm-hmm. of eligible voters vote in mayoral races or state races. And those are, that's the grassroots effort. That's, right. that's where that, it starts. That's right. And that's mm-hmm. what you see every day. Your community, the way, the, the policies of your community. And one thing that I, that I really want us to address, because I think to not address it would be mm-hmm. to not face the realities of the pressure and the need for voting right now. Mm-hmm. And that is this tremendous civil unrest that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, I don't remember, uh, I, you and I, if we were around, we were, we were infants, the civil unrest of the 60s, mm-hmm. which actually led to Correct. the Civil Rights mm-hmm. Act um, and also the-, the uh, For voter- me, it's in the history books. That's it's, right. It's on um, videos you may see on, on YouTube or, or on the news. But yeah, I wasn't- conscious of that when I was a little kid. Correct. And it it led to the Voter Rights Act, a Mm -hmm. very important Voter Rights Act, which um, there's so much to get into that, which which allowed people a greater fairness, especially people from low-income communities, Mm -hmm. be they uh, African-American, Hispanic, or white. It also allowed people from low-wage earning jobs to be more capable uh, mm-hmm. and accessible to voting, uh, but predominantly allowing the African-American vote to not be suppressed and allowing right. them the equal rights that they should have as Americans. 
And we can dive into those technical pieces, and I think it's important that we do. But what I want to address is the civil unrest that we have not seen probably since the 60s. -hmm. And I was thinking about that uh, as we were preparing for this podcast, and I was thinking about there's just so much pain and anger and feelings on both sides, or maybe three sides of this story, not mm-hmm. just two. And listen, I, I support and I respect our brethren out there in the streets marching for equality. I agree with the peaceful protesters and we should march until our feet are bloodied but none of it will matter we will have been marching in circles if we do not get ourselves to the voting box Mm -hmm. if we do not actively make sure that everybody that is eligible to vote votes because abstaining from voting because you think that's using your political voice Mm -hmm. or being too busy to vote but complaining is tantamount to you going into your closet, locking the door, leaving your phone in your car, making sure no other device is on recording, and screaming off at the top of your head about everything that's mm-hmm. wrong, because it is not going to matter. And people make a million excuses why why their vote's not going to count, or why they're just it's beyond them uh, to go out and vote. I remember um, I turned eighteen in my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and they brought in somebody from the county registrar to sign us up if we care to do so, and. Um, my father was so excited about that, and he he told me about the importance mm-hmm. of of that vote and and to to have the opportunity to vote. And when I was eighteen, nineteen, I would just kind of follow his lead. He'd mm-hmm. give me his ballot, and I would just follow along, which was was totally fine with me. Um, you were a good son because I felt I was I was somewhat engaged. But you know, my parents came from from Cuba. They left after the revolution, where uh, your your voice, your vote, mm-hmm. didn't matter. And they saw the importance of having that that opportunity to vote here um, in the United States. But as I got a little older, I, I did I did drop off. I was a young person who just thought, okay, my parents vote. It doesn't really affect me. And I would imagine, Juan, that your mm-hmm. parents also were keenly aware that their vote in Cuba at that time, the wrong vote, the wrong thought could have potentially led them to losing everything that they had and even their lives. So I think that that's something that certainly we as Hispanics or individuals who come from countries who don't have the same rights that we do here in America, Mm -hmm. they they really value the opportunity, the right to really be part of the decision-making process of this country. I also remember um, just in the news watching when uh, Saddam Hussein was taken down Mm -hmm. and the U.S. went in and and, uh, citizens of that country were given the vote the pictures of people coming out of the polling place with their purple thumb, mm-hmm. which was a way that they would keep control. If, if you already have a purple thumb, you voted, you can't vote again. How excited they were mm-hmm. and the smiles on their faces that were for the first time being allowed to be part of that process. And a lot of times here in the U.S., we take it for granted. We, we absolutely do. Uh, in college, I studied political science. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly this is something that is intellectually and professionally very, mm-hmm. very important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I was very involved in student politics when I was in college. And so I've always wondered what causes someone to vote or not vote? Why, why do people opt out? And just about every university, major university out there has done deep studies as to why people vote, either looking at it from a political science perspective or even from a sociological perspective but I think if if we can summarize it to this I think that certainly you see a lot of immigrants who become Mm -hmm. naturalized citizens Mm -hmm. uh, vote for the reasons that we were talking about but there's also a dynamic that happens to us as individuals as Americans that a certain part of our life 
we we almost opt out we check mm-hmm. out and it's usually when we're really building our careers or maybe we're busy because we started a young family and we allow the weight of the very busy things in our life mm-hmm. to to lay too heavily on our shoulders and mm-hmm. we think it's going to be okay uh, we don't think about it it's not something that's important because for the most part if you're an american you have a good life compared mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. certainly an underdeveloped right. country so we, we don't maybe feel it as acutely, certainly within certain demographics. I would argue that they feel it much more acutely. But then there's also another phenomenon that happens is as of late, we believe that our vote doesn't count. Doesn't our matter. voice mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And to me, that is the most dangerous ideology that we can embrace. To be told that your vote doesn't matter mm-hmm. is to be told that your life doesn't matter. Right. Because that image of the people in, in Iraq that right. you showed, what they were proud of, they felt that they had control of their life, that they were now going mm-hmm. to be uh, part of the process that allows them to have a better life. And I would argue that they're thinking not about their life. They're thinking about the future of, of their children and their mm-hmm. children's children because Voting allows us to choose how we're being governed. It allows us to be part of how we plan our future and how mm-hmm. we live, how we are allowed to live. And the sad part about about all that is that uh, historically voter turnout is low. I remember mm-hmm. early on when I finally did start paying attention and, and I'd watch the results coming in is just, just how little um, people came out to vote. Yes, Gallup just did a survey that mm-hmm. looked at the, the crucial uh, demographics for voting, especially for presidential voting um, or presidential elections. It's 18 to 29 mm-hmm. and 60 and older. So right now, the gap between the number of people that show up to vote between of 18 to 29 mm-hmm. and those who are 60 and over is almost three times wider than any of the democratized countries like Germany and Canada. There's so much, there are fewer and fewer uh, uh, citizens that are eligible to vote in that age range, to the younger vote, Mm -hmm. than the 60 plus Americans. And that baffles me because the laws affect someone that is 18 to 29 who is just beginning their career who has a long haul of working and living and and the consequences of policies that's when it really matters when you're working when you're paying taxes when you're building your your life when you're trying to buy a home when you're trying to start a a, maybe a Mm -hmm. business and you opt out of how you're Mm -hmm. governed it's like saying i'm going to work really hard but i'm going to do whatever somebody else tells me to do or be taxed the way I want to be taxed or not be allowed to do the things that Mm -hmm. I want to do. And that's okay. And you know, the beauty of it too, Cecile, is that we vote pretty often, whether it's um, at the local levels or or at the national levels, even uh, the presidential election, it's every four years. If you vote Mm -hmm. one way and you didn't like the way things turned out, you have a say in four more years, or if it's at the local level, um, it may be two years or, or, or yearly. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a power you have, which is it's kind of sad when people just ignore ignore it. And I look at the millions of people that happily take to Twitter and social media mm-hmm. to post about how upset they are as to what's happening in their societies. They're very quick in this council culture that we're in. They're very quick to 
to shame or to point out uh, mm -hmm. things, uh, politically incorrect things that others are doing, but then they don't opt into the political process. Mm -hmm. And that baffles me. So it, it matters just for you to put a veneer of what's important and how you passionately feel about what's right or what's righteous, but it doesn't truly matter to you to take the step mm -hmm. to take the time to vote. So therefore, in essence, are you equally as quote unquote fake or shamed as the person that you're shaming for whatever act? Because standing on a pulpit and preaching to someone for doing something politically incorrect mm -hmm. is, uh, should be a very low pulpit if you yourself are not opting into the process of being part of, of the voting process that allows us to really be uh, in charge of how we're governed. And a, and a lot of a, a lot of us have the opportunity. Uh, there's the motor voter laws where if you yes. uh, sign up for your driver's license, you can immediately sign up, register to vote. I mean, they make it very simple. They make it very easy. And and I, for example, vote through absentee ballot. So mm -hmm. it's mailed to my house. I fill it out at my kitchen table and I mail it and I'm done. It takes little to no effort. And and I do feel good about it. There is something about it that that gives me a sense of, of peace that I did throw my ballot in the mail. That's great. And that is a feeling that all of us should have. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, Juan, that it it is really not that simple for some communities, right. for some states, and definitely for some races. Certainly in the African-American community and the Hispanic community are seeing an ever-increasing, ever since the, uh, the changes to the Voter Rights Act that happened as a result of a Supreme Court case in 2013, where the lack of oversight from the federal government to the state and local governments of how they actually roll out the Voter Rights Act, it was pretty much gutted. And what this has led to is seemingly on the outside, innocent or interesting or just um, logistic changes to how we have the right to access our, our voting rights. Mm -hmm. But the truth of it is, if you look at it dispassionately and truly only as a political scientist, irrespective of your political ideology, you realize that you are making it very difficult for definitely low-income uh, citizens, people who are um, disadvantaged socially, to vote. Uh, polling places are, are, have gotten fewer and fewer. It's definitely more difficult to access in certain communities. They've tried to shorten the time frame from when you can vote, so making it virtually impossible for people who are hourly waged employees to vote. And, and the series of this goes on and on, which is why I say there's so many aspects of voting it is not a, a single like most things that are mm -hmm. important single issue topic one of the things that i find uh, important for us to talk about that we should actively have in the social dialogue of uh, citizens mm -hmm. of this country is making voting not only accessible mm -hmm. in terms of ease of registering like you did when you were in high school mm -hmm. or when you go get your your uh, license mm -hmm. uh, but the point is, what are those people who don't drive? How can they right. do it? Because they exactly. don't go get their license or choose not to drive out of socially conscious reasons. Uh, is also making it, like mo many countries, voting election day is a national holiday. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited that now there are organizations that are really working hard to 
create the right influence to make companies either give pay time off mm-hmm. to their employees to go vote or make it a national holiday. I know that uh, celebrities like LeBron James, he has a, an organization called More Than a Vote. He's partnering mm-hmm. with the NAACP to bring this to fruition. Uh, there's another organization called Time to Vote, which is a nonpartisan organization that started in 2018. And so far, they have been able to influence 470 companies to give their employees pay time off to vote. That's fantastic. And these are amazing companies. They're massive companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Walmart, Visa, Uber, Apple just confirmed that they will be giving their employees, all their retail employees too, pay time off to vote. But then there's companies like Twitter and Patagonia that actually give their employees pay time off to go vote. So they are actually exercising their ideology through company policy and and culture by saying Mm -hmm. this matters. And I think also social media, even if uh, your friends are posting pictures of them with the mm-hmm. I voted sticker, mm-hmm. something like that encourages people to vote as well because you want to be part of that conversation. You want to be part of the, the the movement, especially this is a very important election coming up. You want to be part of it. Absolutely. And there's all these organizations um, helping you out. I know there's um, limo companies. I was telling you about uh, this earlier that'll pick up the elderly and take them to uh, voting spots. And so... They're making it very easy, um, if you reach out at least, to to vote. That's right. Individuals, especially those who are celebrities or Mm -hmm. athletes, professional athletes, they really can influence behavior that will hopefully lead people to be more engaged and do go out and vote. We've seen this week a lot of professional athletes take a stand. Mm -hmm. Uh, They take a stand on on political unrest and social unrest that's happening that I hope will lead people to say, Voting matters, and I need to exercise my right to vote so that we can collectively see the change that we want. And a lot of fans seeing their sports heroes yes. encouraging you to vote, I can only imagine will 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 tickle your fancy at least and and get you to the polls on on, on election day. Exactly, I, I think that when we talk about why people don't vote, mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons. Like I said, we definitely want to dive into, let's call it the the infrastructure or institutional changes that happen that make it very difficult to vote, especially certain populations mm-hmm. or even certain populations that, uh, like you mentioned, that limo company that made a point of helping the elderly be able to mm-hmm. comfortably and safely get out and vote. And I know a lot of people are very concerned about voting this election cycle mm-hmm. because of coronavirus. Um, thank goodness we have mail-in voting, which has worked um, beautifully for decades. And mm-hmm. uh, we make that statement not out of any form of ideology, but just basically on fact and statistics. Mm-hmm. So we're fortunate that we're able to to do that. But when we think about why people don't vote, I think that, as we said, a lot of it is we become focused on our life and so many pressures at certain Mm -hmm. stages of our life. I also think that we can be influenced, that it doesn't matter. But the fact is that Mm -hmm. it does. That's why when individuals, either celebrities or just neighbors, actually engage each other in conversation, Mm -hmm. um, that hopefully that'll change people's mind and see how important it is. I agree with you. Life happens. Um, I used to go to the polls and there were times where, yep, I got busy, I got called into work early, and whoops, I missed my window to vote. Okay, I'll vote next time. Until I decided to go ahead and and sign up for an absentee Mm -hmm. ballot. And that makes it so easy because you usually get it several weeks before the actual election. So it gives you plenty of time to sit down, learn about the issues, learn about the candidates, and put the ballot in the mail um, 
with plenty of time. And, and even if it is counted past the election, you know at least that you've done your part. Correct. And you said something really important about voting at home mm-hmm. or voting by mail. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, it's important to stop and pause, especially local elections. Some of the measures on the ballot, there's a measure right now in California, Measure 22, uh, about the shared ride services, which right. right now is employing so many people and allowing people to put food on the table. But when, you, when you're looking at local elections, which are so fundamentally important to us citizens in any community, because mm-hmm. it affects us so much on our day-to-day life, that... No one person has the time to know every single measure on that ballot. And if you give yourself mm-hmm. the time when you have it to really look at and, and study and, and do it from an informed basis, it's so much better. Which made me think about what is another way to look about voting or look at voting and think about voting. When you choose to vote, you're choosing to think. You're choosing right. mm-hmm. to be engaged. engaged. Mm-hmm. And we talk about engagement. We talk about opting in. We talk about awareness, being mm-hmm. a steward in your own life. Mm-hmm. And you may not think your vote doesn't count, but it does. Because if enough of you come together, enough Americans, enough mm-hmm. eligible voters come together who think that their vote doesn't matter. Well, a singular vote may not, although we have plenty of statistics in history that shows us that one single vote does matter. Uh, Listen, uh, when they were deciding as a new nation whether our national language was going to be English or German, Mm -hmm. it became English by one vote. So votes do matter. They sure do. So let's think about now, why do people vote? So we've talked about why they don't vote. So what is it? Why do we vote? Juan, why do you vote? I vote to get my um, my message across or to at least feel satisfied with myself that I've done my part civically as mm-hmm. a member of my society, both locally and nationally. Just um, I feel I do count. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time that you didn't vote? Oh, absolutely. Um, I did in high school when we were um, very engaged in that. And I think maybe a couple of elections past that that I would accompany my dad to the um to the polling place, I did. But once I moved away from home and life happened, I got busy, I started mm-hmm. focusing on my career, there was a big gap where I wasn't voting. In fact, just preparing for this podcast and talking about it, I think I re-engaged in voting mm-hmm. 18 years ago, 2002, um, which was when I became a homeowner and I was a little more established. I mm-hmm. was There were a lot more things that could influence um, my way of life. So. Um, I realized the importance of, of me to go out there and vote, learn about the measures, which, you know, the way they're written, a lot yes. of times not very easy for anyone uh, to understand. You have to read it and reread it. And, and there's a million ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. But taking the time to do it, to me, at least it was important. And I feel satisfied that I that I have done it. And I've been in it since 2002. Mm-hmm. So that that's why why I vote. But I did have that that fall off. Um, gap, which was pretty significant. Which is statistically how mm-hmm. it happens. And mm-hmm. and you're fortunate that I know you went to high school in Florida, and actually Florida and Arizona are two states that still have um, a lot of civic classes in high school and civics, civic classes that mm-hmm. where you usually learn about voting and you will learn about government. Most states don't have that now, which I think is unfortunate. It's part of the problem that we need to, uh, to change is teaching civics. But I think that we need to teach civics in a slightly different way, not mm-hmm. just memorizing in this year this happened and that year that happened, but talk about what civic duty means. Right. And 
and how you translate civic duty to action, which is what you did because right. it was probably new. It was it was a measure of you're now 18 and we're eager right. to do things because right. now we're technically an adult. Right. I wasn't <laughs> old enough to drink yet, which was the next big step, Correct. right? 21. But 15, you could get your uh, learner's permit. By 16, you could drive on your own. That's right. Then the next big step was um, Voting. the ability to vote at 18. Because that gave you a sense of control. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult. I can do things. Mm-hmm. And that really is what voting is about. And I'm again, important now. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and let's think about that. Uh, the right to vote for an 18-year-old didn't happen until 1971. Um, they changed it from 21 to 18, largely mm-hmm. brought about um, as part of the, the civil unrest and, and the protests that came out of the uh, Vietnam War. But again, you you stopped, you, you opted out, as we say most Americans do, because things were happening. You were building your career and your life, and you came back to it when you had things to protect. Right. Things to, it started becoming... Mm-hmm more important to you right. to take control of, of, of how things were affecting you. I was always very politically involved. Uh, one of the reasons why political science was what I focused in, one of the things I focused in college. I was part of the Young Republicans at, uh, at school, <laughs> and, and I was part of the Model UN. And I think it, it comes from being a Hispanic woman uh, in the community that I was raised in and wanting to exercise every available avenue that I had to have control of my life, to Mm -hmm. have control of my destiny. I grew up in a community surrounded, yes, by very loving people, but hearing that a woman from my social economic upbringing was destined to a particular life and that I should be grateful for that. Which might be get married, have a family and and be a homemaker. Correct. Or have a certain level of, of a of a job. Mm-hmm. College was something that only certain people aspire to, even though academically it was where absolutely I should be. Mm-hmm. And having the good fortune of having parents and family that said, you can do whatever you want. You can be whomever you want to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Understand you're going to have to work 10 times harder than everybody else. Because, because you're a woman? Because I'm a woman, because I'm Hispanic, mm-hmm. and because we grew up poor. But it was never seen as presented as an excuse. It was presented as this is what should fuel you. A challenge, Accept right? it uh-huh. as a fact and now let it empower you, not let it limit you. So I think that because of how I grew up, I, I've, I was using, I was wanting to grasp everything at my power to make sure that I could have control in a direction and a voice in my life. And voting certainly was something that I saw as, as very important. But I think people people vote because maybe of of experiences like mine that I come mm-hmm. from, like yours, that it was something your father did and you were close with right. your father. But I think also people vote because they really want to, to see the change in the world. They really are... Uh, they're advocating for themselves. Um, sometimes people vote because they want to be part of a certain class or part of a certain movement. And sometimes people vote without thinking because they believe in either an ideology or that's what they've always done. But I think what is important if you do vote and if you choose and you exercise that right, that we also exercise the right of thinking, of challenging, of mm-hmm. questioning, of mm-hmm choosing to to opt in to understanding what belief systems you're embracing and what they mean and understand that um, your right to vote as an American, as an eligible voter in America should extend to everyone else and have the capacity of compassion to understand that everyone should have the ease mm-hmm. and the ability mm-hmm. and the access to vote. 
that we do. I was so lucky because I did have that community that encouraged voting. I had a family that was very civically minded. So how do we get people that don't have that Mm -hmm. energized to get to the polls? Because like what you said, it's very quick to throw something on social media and you, mm-hmm. and you think, well, that, that was my vote. I'm just letting people know I'm, I'm not happy with this. But how, how do you energize people to get them physically out there to, to put their mind to it to vote? If you are passionate about anything mm-hmm. along these lines, the environment. Right. Women's reproductive rights. Right. Healthcare. The economy. The economy. Mm-hmm. Taxes, jobs, retirement, roads, housing. That affects everybody. (laughs) There's not one single person it doesn't affect. That's right. Mm -hmm. Then you have to vote. And if it's difficult to get to the voting um, polling places, Mm -hmm. if it's difficult to get time off, then start being part of these organizations like LeBron James has created, like Time to Vote, like many other that you can Google and start supporting the movement to make sure that that you have the right to vote if your job is an hourly wage job and, and you need to work because you need to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that no matter how many tweets, how many posts, how many fill in the box that you do to express your political view or your social outrage or your religious outrage, mm-hmm. none of it matters if you don't mm-hmm. vote. So we've made it very clear your vote is so important. So mm-hmm. what else do we need to do, Cecile, um, to make sure our, our voice and our vote is counted uh, this coming election? Well, the first thing we should do is make sure that you are registered right. to vote. Every state has different timelines and different guidelines, so make sure that you mm-hmm. check what is um, what is necessary in your state, right. and that's easily done. You can Google done. it. You can go yes. to the registrar's office for Correct. each individual county and state. They'll let you know exactly what you need to do. They'll even have links, Cecile, for people to click and register That's right. They well. make it very, very easy mm-hmm. to do. Second is because we are still living in a pandemic. COVID-19 mm-hmm. is real. Uh, we we have to be very careful and, and make sure that, especially those individuals who are at high risk, that you remember that you make sure that you have the right to right. vote from right. home. So make sure you have your mail-in ballots uh, or absentee voting, as is the case in some states. So make sure that that option is something that you have exercised and you have to do it yesterday mm-hmm. to make sure that you can. Mm-hmm. Then next is because we are in the middle of a pandemic and the high-risk population is 60-plus, the, the senior citizens, right. historically, they are the ones who volunteer to work at the polling places. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they are in desperate need of volunteers. So if you have the time, if you don't have the time, make the time right. and volunteer. Go out there and and register to be one of the the poll workers. Uh, Again, we mentioned some of these organizations like LeBron James James More Than a Vote. All of those organizations will be very happy to help you find a place to volunteer. They'll find a place for you, for sure. Absolutely. And the the last is make sure that you fill out your census form because Mm -hmm. all of that information, all of that feeds back into the structural pieces that we talked about briefly in this podcast that have a massive impact on the ease with which the Mm -hmm. ability for you to vote, like the number of polling places and the accessibility to those polling places. Right, I filled out my census form, it took two minutes. It was two questions and I was done with it. I couldn't believe how quick it was. So you can definitely, if you could do that, you can find a way to vote. That's right. But the truth of it is, Juan, look, I know that when we were preparing for this podcast, 
the three of us agreed that it was something really important for us to talk mm-hmm. about because it is at the essence of what we talk about, and that is engagement, uh, making sure that you are an active participant and things right. that matter in your life. Uh, we talk about being the, the captain of the ship, being the steward of your own life, making sure you have control of the big things in life that matter. Well, it may not feel like it because it's invisible on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. but exercising your vote on how you are governed is one of the most fundamentally important things that you will have the privilege to do mm-hmm. in your life. And it's not fun in how we do it and how we get there. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. It's not a thing that you do with your girlfriends over a mm-hmm. cocktail. It is something that takes time from other things that perhaps you'd rather be doing. And if you do it soon enough, Cecile, you don't have to wait in those lines. When we have the primaries, you might remember on mm-hmm. television seeing people waiting hours yes. just to get in and vote. And they had the registrar extend voting hours and they, they made sure everybody got checked in. Do it early. Register early. Ask for that absentee ballot, that mail-in ballot mm-hmm. early. Then you don't have to worry about it. Then you don't feel like you're wasting your time. You don't have to find a babysitter to watch your Correct. kids. You've done it on your time, mm-hmm. and you feel like you have more control, which for me is important. And, and again, especially those individuals who are working on an hourly basis, mm-hmm. hourly wage basis, that it's, again, a choice between feeding my family and, and exercising my right. most important civic duty. So that's why... We three absolutely believe in in the right and the ability to uh, vote by mail. Um, But I also want to add this, Juan, is that, again, it's we talk about a lot of things. We we see a lot of social unrest. We see a lot of people crying out, rightfully so, about a a Mm -hmm. lot of things that are wrong. Mm -hmm. And the. If I, if, if I were to say, just like COVID, we are all waiting for that vaccine, right? Because that vaccine is going to allow us to go back to our normal life and, and be in control of our life and feel that we're safe and that we're healthy and, and that we're able to live our life freely. Well, to me, exercising your vote is like a vaccine against mm-hmm. ensuring that we have the right to be governed by the people we want to govern us. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson famously said, we do not have the government by the majority. We have government by the majority who participated. Mm-hmm. Which in this case is the minority because of voter turnout being so low most Correct. of the time. Correct. Mm-hmm. About, I would say, less than a third of the population of this country are the people who show up to vote, which are the 60 plus, um, which then determine how we are governed. The rest Mm -hmm. of us, the two thirds of, of, again, those eligible Americans to vote. So it's great that we're politically aware. It's great that we're socially engaged. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely wonderful that we are passionately involved in things that matter in life, Mm -hmm. like uh, global warming and and healthcare, but don't let all that energy, all that passion, all that engagement, all that hard work, all the mm-hmm. hours that even I know if you where just you're say, going with this, go to waste, right? Go to waste. Yeah, go to waste. In mm-hmm. and even us, we we were we were acting like when we were in college and, and we were having to write a term paper and we you know we were doing everything else before we got into it because for many of us we we were raised that we don't talk about politics it's something mm-hmm. that we don't talk about mm-hmm. uh, which I think is wrong uh, we should talk about politics because it's it's how we're allowed to live as a society mm-hmm. that's what politics at this most basic basis is how we are allowed to live in a society mm-hmm. the rules that that govern us so I hope that everyone takes a, a, a moment to realize that this is 
the very best of being an American, our ability to freely vote, to not be um, prevented from exercising our right to mm-hmm. express our voice, right. to choose how we are governed. That, that is where democracy starts. And if we don't have that right fully available to every citizen, that's where democracy will end. Indeed. And, you know, we've talked about it. It's not the sexiest subject to talk about voting. But as we say at the end of every podcast, you know, it's because you matter. Yes. And your vote gives you that power that your voice and your vote matter to you, to your community, to your children, to the people who you work with. It's really important that you step up. And if you want to talk about being a proud American, if you want to talk about being Mm -hmm. patriotic, then honor all those people who gave their life, who shed their blood for our right Mm -hmm. to call ourselves American. And that means our right to exercise our vote. And that'll bring us to the end of yet another podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Ends With Z. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe at www.endswithz.com to get the latest updates from us. Email us with questions or show suggestions. We'll be happy to hear from you. Also, follow us on Instagram for tips and insight as well. Until next week, for Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a great day because above all else, you matter.